Welcome to the Principles of Success, and today we are talking about building your relationships with your boss and coworkers. So not everyone is going to be an entrepreneur, which means you have a boss and coworkers that you probably hate, or at least would not hang out with unless you were getting paid. And even if you are an entrepreneur, your clients, your customers, your employees are your boss and coworkers. The boss is always right, the customer is always right. Both are bullcrap, but we deal with them anyway. Because if they if you make them feel wrong, they're not going they're not going to give you money. And we all like money. So it is important to build and maintain these relationships even if you necessarily don't like them, because you are going to see your coworkers more than you will see your spouse. The only time this isn't the case is when your spouse is your coworker. You're going to see your coworkers more than your spouse. So maintaining these relationships is very important. So first, let's talk about brown nosing. So brown nosing is a derogatory term for people who suck up to the boss. Here's the thing. Your boss owns you. We'll talk about that more in a sec. I am not very good at brown nosing. That is why I'm not a very good employee. But brown nosing is a useful and important skill. You're going to have to play office politics. There's no way around it. I'm sorry, you're stuck with those people unless you quit. So it is okay. Humble yourself and make your boss and coworkers feel good. Encourage their ideas, even if their ideas are stupid. If they want to talk themselves up, let them talk themselves up. It's not your job to keep them humble. It's your job to get paid. Their priorities are more important I'm t specifically talking about your boss. Your boss's priorities are more important than what makes sense. Yes, it's an atrocious idea. Yes, it's a bunch of nonsensical bullcrap. Your job is not to make your boss make sense. Your job is to collect a paycheck. Now, if you have a good boss, they will take insights and you tactfully give them your opinions. But meeting your boss's priorities are more important than being right. Even if their ideas are stupid, you go along with them if that's what the boss is dead set on. Because, once again, they own you. Until you get your finances in order, so that way you no longer have to be at a job that you hate, you are a wage slave and you are owned by your boss. Now, if it's any consolation, your boss is also a slave, because they probably don't have their money organized either, but they control your paycheck, they control your life, if they want you to do something stupid, you bite your tongue and you do the stupid thing. Or you find a different job. Or maybe you'll finally get the motivation to actually get your finances in order. Go re-listen to all of last season. If you want to be free from a stupid boss, you need your finances in order. And in the book review where I talked with Michael Gilmore, the $7 millionaire, on his book Zen Money, we had a brief moment where we talked about how financial freedom isn't a all or nothing. You can be more flexible with your work and not have to settle for a crappy boss if you've gotten your finances in order enough that your investments are covering your rent. It's a whole lot easier to say, screw you, I quit, when you're not going to have to worry about where you're going to sleep next month. So if you want leverage in a relationship with your boss and your coworkers, get your finances in order so you're not dependent on your slave master. And yes, I'm using stark words on purpose. Go re-listen to last season. It was important. 
The same thing applies to your businesses. Remember, your clients, your customers are your bosses as well. If you have lots of clients and business is good, and a client turns out to be a toxic, nasty client, if your finances are okay, if your business is healthy, you can tell the client to go screw themselves. If you're struggling to keep the lights on, you might be a little more willing to put up with the crappy client. I'm not going to talk about the pros and cons of that, but you might be willing to put up with the client a little bit more, even if they are a terrible client, because you need their money. So getting your finances right is an important principle of having a healthy relationship with your boss and coworkers, because you can select who your boss and coworkers are when you're not as stressed about money. If you're desperate for a job, you're going to take whatever job it is available, even if it's a toxic one. Now, going back to priorities. Your boss's priorities trump everything. Your job is to meet your boss's priorities, not to do your job, or even to do what makes sense. Now, the boss's priority is almost always, especially middle managers, is almost always to look good. So doing your job makes them look good. Doing stupid things to make them look good is your job. Why? Because they're the guy giving you money. And their priorities, especially with middle managers, is to look good so that way their boss thinks highly of them so that way they can get the promotion, they can get the raise. And if you do your job, if you remember this principle, if you do your job of making them look good, they will appreciate you. This is going back to brown nosing. Your job isn't to do your job. Your job is to make them feel good about themselves so that way they give you money. That does include doing your job because they're not going to appreciate you very much if they're having to put do the work that they're paying you to do. But making them look good, making them feel good, meeting their priorities is just as, if not more important than doing your job. And this is the principle that good workers who do their job and keep their heads down do not understand. I understand it, I just don't care about it. Doing your job is the bare minimum. That is what you're paid to do. If you want to be appreciated, you make your boss look good. You make your boss feel good. Again, this applies to clients as well. If you make your customer feel stupid for buying your thing, they're not going to buy your thing anymore. Make them feel very happy about purchasing. Now let's talk about attitude. Attitude is very important in any relationship. We did a whole episode on attitude. It's important. It's important to maintain your attitude at work. There's a phrase I really liked, and it goes something along the lines of leave your work problems at work and leave your home problems at home. If you're having a really bad argument with your spouse and you go into work with that really bad attitude and you snap at your boss, your boss didn't do anything. They are fully entitled to get mad at you and fire you. The reverse is also true. You had a really crappy day at work. Your wife does not deserve to get yelled at. Leave the bad work day at work. Enjoy your home life. Protect that sacred time with your family with a good attitude. Leave the crappy attitude at work if you had a bad day. And also, continuing on attitude, people with good attitudes get paid better. Jim Rohn liked to talk about McDonald's will pay you $4 an hour, but if you smile and whistle while you take out the trash, McDonald's might pay you $5 an hour. Again, your job is to make your boss, your clients, to feel good. If you have a bad attitude, they're not going to want to give you more money. If you have a bad attitude with your coworkers, they're not going to like you very much. And that goes into the next principle. Be your coworker's friend. They don't have to be your friend. They're losers. You don't like them. But if you're their friend and they like you, 
work life is better, especially because at some point you are going to need a favor. If your coworkers dislike you because you're not their friend, they're not going to do you a favor. From a very cold, calculating point. That's the point of friends. You build relationships with people, and they like you, so that way you can have help when you need it. A lot of your problems in life are going to come from work. So it makes sense that you should have work friends who you can rely on to help you out. Again, that's just from a very cold, calculating point of view. There's more reasons to have friends with others. And you might like your coworkers. Be friends with the, your coworkers if you like them. If you don't like your coworkers, be friends with them anyway. Maybe don't hang out with them after hours. I have never once hung out with a coworker. But when you're at work with them, bullcrap and have fun. Make them smile. You're going to need a favor eventually. And because you have to maintain these relationships with all these people, it is very important to avoid contention. We already talked about contention. Contention is the spirit of the devil. It is bad. It is no good. You want to ruin a relationship? Have some contention. A great way of getting fired is having contention with your boss. A great way to make your work life miserable is to have contention with your coworkers. And again, business-wise, your boss is your clients, your coworkers are your employees. You have to maintain these relationships, otherwise they will go sour. And if you're both trapped there because you're indentured servants, well, then a sour relationship goes toxic really fast. Or one of you ends up having to leave. Sometimes not willingly, and that usually is not good. So you need to avoid contention. Remember, you need to have them like you and have fun with you because you are going to spend more time with them than your wife, with your husband, with your kids. You're stuck with these losers. If your relationship with them goes sour, that's really bad news. Now let's talk a little bit about morality. Do not steal from your company, not because they don't deserve it. They are cheating you out of money all of the time, especially if it's a big corporation that's cutting corners all the time. It is not because the company doesn't deserve it. It is because it dampens your spirit. It makes you feel less good. And when you feel crappy, it's a whole lot harder to be self-disciplined in the rest of your life. So that way you can pull yourself up, build a business, build investments, build your dream life. If you're too busy stealing from the company and making yourself feel guilty, then you're not going to come home and be productive. It has nothing to do with the company. It has complete, it is completely about maintaining your mental enthusiasm. And that goes into the next point. In the world of advice of working hard at your job, there is two main schools of thought. There is the thought that I honestly disagree with, and that is the thought of doing more than you are paid for. Now, if you are trying to move up the ladder within a corporation, doing more than you are paid for, going above and beyond, and brown-nosing, that is how you move up in a corporation. If it's a dead-end job, if your boss sucks, if you are building a life outside of your job, we'll come back to that. The other advice, before I talk about what I was about to say, the other train of advice is also not that good, but I agree with it a lot more. And that is, if they are just going to pay me just enough not to quit, then I'm going to work just a hard enough, just a how do you mess up hard? Just a hard enough. Just hard. If they pay me just enough to keep from quitting, I'm going to work just a hard enough to keep from getting fired. Uh, that's the other thought. You work just hard enough to keep from getting fired. 
So that way you can save all that energy for other activities, like for instance, building your business, for going out and meeting girls, for enjoying your life after work. Why put in any, any, in any extra energy for no extra money? So those are the two schools of thought. Both have their place. I say work just hard enough that you feel good. Sitting for eight hours a day, twiddling your thumbs, gets really boring. Collecting money from your employer, including clients, without bringing them any value, if you're a good person, you're probably going to feel a little guilty. Guilt is contentious, contentious to the soul, and then you're not going to feel as good about the rest of your life. So do enough work that you feel good about your contribution. Do enough work to pass the time. Expending energy feels good. Expending too much energy does not. And that's the other side of it. If your boss is paying you $12 an hour and they're expecting you to do $50 an hour's worth of labor, if you have options, tell them to screw you themselves. If not, do the bare minimum to keep from getting fired. And then back to the other side with the doing more than you're paid for. Yes, it is good to work hard. It is good to be an honest, hardworking person to generate exponential value to your employer. I hope all of my employees have that attitude. Do not let your work interfere with your dreams and your life. There has never been a person who said, man, I wish I'd spent more time at work. Spending time with family was good, but oh man, I wish I'd spent more time at work. Do not go above and beyond to the point that you have no energy to work on your stuff outside of work. And that includes working on maintaining your relationships with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, with your friends, to build your dream uh, to build your dream house, to build your dream career, to build your dream business. If you're too busy being above and beyond working at your job and you have no energy for the stuff outside of your job, that's a problem. So hopefully I explained my ideology behind that well enough. Doing more than you are paid for is good in some circumstances. Doing more than or doing just enough to not get fired is good in some circumstances. Doing enough that you feel good about yourself is what's important. And remembering that you have other priorities besides just this job. Next up, take advantage of your job. A super easy example of this. If you work in a carpentry shop and are remodeling your kitchen, take advantage of the carpentry shop and probably might be a good idea to ask your boss first, but use the equipment there to build yourself some kitchen cabinets. That is what I'm referring to. I'm not talking about stealing from your company, taking advantage of your company. I'm, taking, I'm talking about taking advantage of the perks available to your company. When I was working in HVAC, we collected quite a bit of pallets because we're shipping big heavy equipment in and putting the equipment in and then we have this pallet, so we stick it in a corner. So that company collects quite a ton of pallets and they have to pay to have them hauled off. A coworker took easily 500 pallets and built a big tree house for his kids. The company is more than happy to give him the pallets. He is more than happy to take the pallets. Take advantage of your job. Another example. This is why I've always worked blue-collar, mind-numbingly boring jobs. I've talked about it in previous episodes way long time ago. A job is a great place to earn money while you learn. Now, you can have a mind-numbingly boring job where you have headphones in, and you can listen to 300 books a year, I've done that before because every day I'm getting paid for eight hours a day to do stuff with my body while I listen to educational material. Or maybe your job is a social job. 
We're talking about relationships here. Use your job to help develop your social skills. Talk to clients and be super friendly with the clients, not because it's your job. Yes, you should do it because it's your job, but you're doing it and going above and beyond because you're working on your social skills for yourself. Take advantage of your job. And maybe you have a good boss. Take advantage of it. Learn everything you can from your boss. If it's a field that you want to work in for your, ho your whole life, that guy's been doing it for a little longer than you. If he's a good boss, you can learn from him. Take advantage of that. And if it's a really good boss, they might promote you and make you into a partner because a good boss is always looking to replace themselves. And if you tr prove to be a good learner, hard worker, en enthusiastic person who wants to work with, the with your boss, then they might take a step back and let you handle things. And you might be willing to do that because with the increased responsibility, because they're a good boss, remember there's not very many good bosses out there, but if you do have a good boss and they give you that extra responsibility, they're gonna give you extra money. With my farming enterprises, 10, 20 years down the road, I'm going to be looking for people who want to do the farming aspects and are willing to partner with me because I'm not looking for employees and we're both making a ton of money. I will most likely find those partners from people who have been learning from me. Like, for instance, people who listen to my podcast. Again, thank you for listening to this. The only reason I produce this podcast is because of you guys. You guys reach out to me on Instagram all the time and tell me what the impact of this podcast has had on you, and that's why I do it. So keep on learning from your boss, from everything, from the audios, from social skills. Develop your skills like a madman. Because odds are, you're at a job that you dislike. Almost Every single person on the planet hates their job. Develop your skills like a madman until you can get to a job that you are happy with. Not less miserable, not content, happy with. If you are not happy where you are, you need to be developing your skills like a madman so that way you can get to a place that will make you happy. Now that doesn't mean you get to quit your job today. It also doesn't mean you get to quit your job 10 years from now. Finding a work that you genuinely enjoy and that pays enough to sustain your life takes a long time to get to. It doesn't have to, but it can take a long time. And this episode's running a little long, so let's wrap up with a couple more of politics principles. Politics is annoying. You are going to have to deal with it anyway. Do things to make you look good. The easiest way to do that is making your boss look good. And let them know the guy who keeps his head down and is quiet and does his job and is forgotten about, does not get the raise, does not get the appreciation, is the first one to be fired because nobody knows his name because he never spoke up about how good of a job he's doing. You have to self-promote. It's annoying and it's dumb, but you have to do it. Don't overdo it because then you're just a loudmouth bragger that nobody likes, but you do have to promote yourself. And speaking of a raise, your boss's job, especially middle managers, your boss's job is to pay you the least amount as possible for the most amount of work, especially in corporate America. They are not going to give you a raise unless given a very strong reason to. Now, they might give you a super small raise that doesn't do anything because inflation is ridiculous. But if you want a raise, you either have to do something extraordinary above and beyond so that way your boss is super pleased with you and like, oh, yeah, we need to keep this person. Or you have to threaten to leave. And you have to be willing and capable of leaving. Employers, because some of you listening to this might be employers, business owners. If you don't want your help to leave, if you want your help to work really hard for you, 
make it impossible for them to leave. Pay them above market price. One of, the, one of my personal pet peeves of business books that I listen to, because I've listened to a lot of business books over the years, they're always talking about how to motivate your employees, how to make them enthusiastic about working for your company. You want to make your employee enthusiastic? Pay them well enough that they know that if they were to do the same job in a different company, they would be doing it for less. Sure, you can try all the other gimmicks and tactics to try and motivate your employees without giving them more money. They're only there for money. You want to encourage your employees to work harder? Make it so. That way, th this company is the reason or... Make it so that they stay at this company because they know it's better at this company than anywhere else. Now, money isn't the only reason why people will work at a certain company or not. But money is the only reason why they're working at a job. And now back to the employee's side. Actually, hold on. Business owners, this applies for clients as well. Give them so much value for such a small price compared to the competition that they're ecstatic. I've bought many a program over the years. Some programs I've bought and I've been like, wow, that was a really good program and I would have been willing to pay more money for that. Not that I want to, but I would have, it would have been worth my time to pay more money for that. I've also bought programs where I wish I hadn't spent any of the money that I spent on it. I was like, well, that was a trash program. Same with books. Give your client more, give your employee more than what the market is expecting and you will make happy employees, clients. And then the final principle, going back to the employees, is do not be afraid to shift jobs. The devil you know is comfortable. But again, asking for that raise. If you're not willing to leave, you have no leverage. Be willing to leave. If you're feeling stuck and you're not progressing because your boss kind of sucks, be willing to leave. Be willing to even take a step backwards, maybe a little less pay, if it's an opportunity that you feel where you can develop more so that way you can make more money or be happier now or down the line. And with that, I will end today's episode and I will see you all next week.